What's up, Cowboys Nation? This is your boy, Massey, back with another episode of the 4D podcast. That's Dallas Draft and Doomsday Defense. Unfortunately, Dan is not available to join me today, so we have the honor of having Mike C.D. Piglet come back with us today. How you doing, Mike? The honor, huh? That's oh, fun. yes. I don't get that on my show. <laughs> yes, yes, man. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. So ready. I really want to get to seeing some football, some preseason. Oh man, seriously. Why can't it be September? I know. You want to see I want to see, you know, it'll be nice to see like Bradley and I mm-hmm. and stuff like that get snaps and see if they can do enough to earn a spot. And I'm geeked up for it. Oh yeah, we've been I mean, we've had conversations with a few other people in Cowboys Nations on Twitter about possible roster spots uh, especially because last week me and Dan talked about the cornerback position so that became a little bit of a discussion on Twitter of who's going to make it is you know who's going to get cut who's you know is uh, what's his name um, Kennedy Gilbert. Oh, oh Gilbert too yeah Gilbert as quarterback you know who's who's going to be the backcourt quarterback that was the discussion we had last week and it's it's kind of up in the air because the Cowboys are obviously bringing in people but um I, I they did announce that uh, they they worked out Hundley, but it does not look like they're going to sign him. Um, so maybe that workout didn't go too well. That even Mike McCarthy was like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> so you know we, we'll have to see. They're going to fill out this roster a little bit more. They're going to be some cuts. Um, so that's why, like we said last week, we don't really want to do a roster prediction so early because there's there's going to be a lot of changes and there's you know. I weirdly had to do uh, just that for uh, Cowboys Wire. KD Drummond, I've done defensive line on there now, which was a man, that was a hard cut. Oh, Bradley yeah. I didn't make it. Um, Carlos Watkins didn't make it. Man, it was, and I kept 10. I could not you kept find 10. a spot. Wow. Yeah. And I couldn't find a spot for Bradley and I, even keeping 10. Um, kept six linebackers. And uh, I didn't have the sixth one coming from the team. Maybe Francis Bernard special teams, but Bernard and Gifford really don't. And now I'm doing defensive backs right now. And I, and I think I'm on the road to keep an 11. Hey, man. Yeah, they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to go long on defense this year. They really are. Yeah. And it, it's going to be interesting because the offensive line, we, we there, there's so much talent at tackle right now that it's like, how many tackles are you going to keep on this team? Are you going to move somebody inside? You know, uh, can one of those tackles move inside? So that I think is going to be really interesting to see how this cut's going to come down because I think you are going to go have to go long on defense. And it, does that worry you at all because of the injuries we had on the offensive line last year? Well, I'm looking at it as offensive line is going to go 10 because mm-hmm. they want the extra, that weird new rule where you can bring up 55 people, one of them mm-hmm. has to be an offensive lineman. So I would bet Brandon Knight, they got a lot of looks at him at guard. I think he's going to move into guard. Yeah, and, I can see that. Uh, and uh, McGovern uh, can be your backup center if necessary, inside guy if he doesn't win the job at left guard. So they have some versatility, the new kid they brought in. So I, I think um, I think they're going to keep 10, and that should be enough. They have enough. We, we just need to not lose anybody for like a season. If, if yeah. time oh, yeah. game's off, we're good. We'll, we'll survive. Yeah, and I know uh, I was listening to Brian Broadus, and he was talking about uh, up the rookie OTAs. And I, I get it. We've prefaced this many times on the show. It's rookie OTAs. You know, we haven't even got – we're just getting into OTAs now. But uh, Broadus was saying um, uh, 
ball was looking really good. The rookie offense tackle ball was looking really good. And, um, you know, there's character c- concerns there. I'm not a really big fan of his character concerns. Um, but uh, Broadus was saying that he was looking pretty good and he was liking him as a possible swing tackle. But we'll have to see how it, how, how it goes through the rest of the OTAs and then into training camp, how he looks. A guy that had that many issues getting drafted as early as he did, considering has to be talented. Like you got to imagine that guy's a top 60 pick without the issues. If he went mm-hmm. wherever one, what was he? 170 something or yeah. something. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy for how much stuff he had. So he must and, be good. Well, I mean, he was at Florida state on talent, you know, and he didn't leave Florida state cause he couldn't cut it. You know, he left it because of his if, off the field issues. So, and there are big off the field issues. We've talked about that. It's a big concern. I'm not his biggest fan at all, um, but you know he's on the team, and we'll we'll see what he what he, he can bring to the team as uh, in that role. Um, but let's let's get into a little bit of. Um, were you about to say something, Mike? No, no, you're good, Jay. Okay, let's get into some of the jersey uh, the jersey numbers. There has been quite a few, as we all know. Uh, the NFL relaxed the rules on jersey numbers, and there's been some switching of some numbers. And I think the biggest one is Jalen Smith. That's what really, really got everybody rolling is Jalen Smith has changed his number from 54 to the number nine. And let's just get it out there. There's a whole group of people who still clamor for Tony Romo and the Cowboys nation. And they don't like Dak because Dak replaced Tony Romo. And they are very upset, Mike, right now that Jalen Smith, who's probably not the, the, the most liked player on the Cowboys, is now wearing Tony Romo's number. What do you think of Jalen's switch? First of all, we're going to get this out of the way. This is payback for the Romo people. See, the Romo people hate on Dak unnecessarily. And the one guy that everyone, even if you hate Dak, you hate worse is Jalen. Like everyone hates Jalen. The poor, I actually feel bad for him now, but they put the number nine on him just to F with those people. They were like, we need to let Jalen get number nine because of all the, uh, these stupid Dak haters that are hating him because he took Romo's job when Romo got injured. You know, what do you want the guy to do? Like Romo couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. So a new quarterback came in and was winning. So um, that out of the way now, you know, that's that's punishment for them. Uh, the the Jalen number thing's stupid. He was wearing Randy White's number. Randy White is a billion times more a player than Tony Romo. And Hall I, of Fame, yeah. Yes, like an all, a literal all-time Dallas great. Tony Romo is like the third on quarterback, you know, let alone and, – and he's probably going to end up the fourth. Sorry, guys, but – the guy who is number four right now is likely going to end higher than he is. Just it just the era and and his ability to to so far stay healthy minus one freak injury compared to how Romo was. I just I think I think I, it's crazy. Randy White, he was wearing Randy White's number. People, be upset about that if you're going to be upset about a stupid jersey number. Who cares about nine? It's, it's really interesting. And I, I, I love Romo. I, I um, Romo is one of my favorite players of all time, but like, I don't care. Like I, it's something about the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't retire numbers. 
Like, honestly, like, what do you guys are upset? You just said Randy White's number. We have um, Randy Gr- Gregory is wearing 94, you know, Charles Haley, yeah. DeMarcus Ware, you know, um, how many players? Uh, Tr- Pearson, Michael Irving, Des Bryant, now CeeDee Lamb, all 88. Like, these are, it, it's more the Cowboys, instead of retiring the numbers, it's like legacy numbers. They're like an honor. Like, hey, this is a great player and it's an honor to wear this number. You know, so I maybe nine will become that number, another number like that. I don't know if it will. I mean, I think maybe 12 and eight should before nine, even though I personally like Romo better than those guys. I like they won us five Super Bowls, 12 and not eight, you know, so it's 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 a little weird that some so many people are up in arms, but they are they always when it comes to Romo, these these Romo fans and I was a huge Romo fan, but I, I don't care. This number switch does not bother me at all. The number thing is a total nothing burger. Yeah, I, just just play it, play good on the field. Yes, yes. Jalen can wear whatever the hell number he wants. Just play like he did in 2018. Right. Seriously. And hopefully we we we've added some um some bodies up front that uh will allow him to do that. Um the other the other switch um is Donovan Wilson is changing his number to 30 from 37 to number six. Um that really kind of got swept under the bridge or under the, under the rug. No one really made a big deal of it. Who wore number six before? Like, I mean, I was trying to think of players in the past who wore six and I couldn't really come up with what, what. six. Is that Chris Jones's number? Yeah. The punter. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was Chris. Legend. Chris yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that one wasn't a big deal to me. Um, but so the, I don't think really uh, anybody, it was a big deal to anybody. Um, Donovan Wilson changing, changing the number. It was only everybody going after Jalen, Jalen Smith. And I think it's more, it's, it's, it's a combination. I think with Jalen, I'm sorry to get back to Jalen, but I think it's a combination of not only it's, it's Romo's number, but it's who switched to Romo's number. Yeah. No and one hates like, Donovan Wilson. Yeah. If Donovan Wilson would have been wearing nine. I don't think, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. Right. Or, or Trayvon Diggs, if Diggs switched over, people would have been like, oh, cool. Awesome. Yep. No, but it's, it's a big issue. Like people just don't like Jalen. And I have my issues with Jalen. I mean, we all do, you know, but it, this, this wasn't a big deal. So let me just throw out a couple other number changes for you. Hypotheticals. They didn't change their numbers, but uh, let me see. What would you think of them? If you would like them? Um, what if Zeke went to back to 15? His his college. I, I'd be all right with it. Who is 15 on us now, right now? Oh man. I don't do we have a 15? We may not. Yeah. I wonder. But that was we, that was old Devin Street's number, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know 21 and 214 are kind of a thing. Marketing yeah, that, that is a marketing wise. And the Salvation Army stuff is kind of based on 21. So I don't think he would. But I wouldn't care. I mean, any everyone, I'll just put this out there. Everyone you say, I'm going to say I don't care for the most part. Uh, so I'd say 97% of number changes you'd give me on any team and all teams, I just go, I don't care. Okay, so but, they yeah. did it. They did just issue 15, and it's to TJ Vasher, the rookie. Oh, yeah. Okay, the rookie from wide receiver from uh, Texas Tech. Um, so I, I think if Zeke wanted it, he would get it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd even have to pay anything. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, the other one, which a lot of this kind of got um, some noise on on Twitter about CD Lamb and if he switched back to two, and would he be allowed to switch back to two from Jerry Jones? You know, a lot of people, a lot of people think, and I don't know if they have proof, and I don't have proof that he didn't, but a lot of people believe that Jerry Jones has mandated CD Lamb to wear eighty-eight. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever really know unless one of them comes out and says it. But uh, I wouldn't mind. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing CD Lamb in two, his Oklahoma number. Why? Uh, why not ten? Isn't ten the one he wanted? Ten is the one he wanted because he wanted the, the number like um, Hopkins. Hopkins, yes, because that's his. That's his. That's the guy he looked up to. So he wanted. But I was just saying two, just because that was his college number at Oklahoma. But ten, that's a possibility. I don't mean, who do we, do we have a ten? Uh, yeah. Our, uh, Hunter, a nice wander, is the punter number ten, and then so is Cooper Rush. They both have ten, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, just just lay a third ten on until uh, yeah. uh, cut that quarterback and change the punter's number. Yeah. So, did Cedric Wilson change his number? I didn't see that. It says it has him listed as number one now. Yeah, he switched it and let Parsons have eleven. Oh, that's right. He did. He gave Parsons number eleven. I didn't know what number he went to. Yeah, he went to number one. So that that's a pretty that's a nice number. Yeah, I like that. That's that's not a bad uh, get up there. Go from eleven to one. Take that. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I mean, we got some. Uh, I just there was a a criticism of, uh, and I think it was your boy of Jalen sw- paying the money to switch to number nine when he could have waited a year and switched for free. And what are your thoughts on that? Is that just like whatever he has the money, so whatever he can spend it on whatever he wants? Or is that just like poor, poor judgment? I I don't think I'd do it, but I mean, you look at him, he has the money, and it means it. I, I saw this post where he talked about how much it meant to him that that number. And if it means that much to you and you have it, mm-hmm. go ahead. Who cares? You know, what what else are you gonna spend it on? Fast food? Like so that's true. You know, go do your thing. You got the money. I don't have the money to do that, so I wouldn't <laughs> have that option. So, do your thing. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it. It doesn't bother me any. Yeah, that, it didn't bother me either. I mean, I, I just was like, man, that's a lot of money just to change your number when you could do it next year for free. But you know, if it means that much to you, to where you're like, I can't wait another year. Like, I, I, I want this. You know, and maybe it's like, um, a thing where he's like, hey, I'm trying to change. Like I've been criticized. I might be cut next year. Like I'm not playing up to the potential that I think I should be playing up to. Um, let me get my number back. Let me get number nine and refocus, recalibrate and, and, and re-go. You know, maybe that's his thinking. I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, players are superstitious sometimes. And maybe that's something that hopefully kicks them into gear. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just what? wishful thinking. <laughs> What team uh, do you think he's going to be changing the number to on next year? <laughs> I honestly don't think he'll be here next year. Um, yeah. uh, I just, I know, I know the front office loves him. I do, but I don't think they're going to pay him. I think unless he comes out and just plays like he did in 2018, there he's, he's gone. If he comes out and plays like 2018, I can see him staying. Um, but I just, you know, 
I want to say the Bucks because the Bucks seem to always sign our linebackers we get rid of. Um, but they got a really good linebacking core down there, and I don't think they're gonna sign Jalen to fill in You're for anything up there. Kansas City. Okay, go Kansas City. Yes. Uh, Kansas City as well. Uh, well, Bucks before. Remember they got Bruce Lee. Um, Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Carter and somebody else. They took. Oh yeah. Right that's out of that. Right. Yeah. So they were, and then Kansas City recently. You're right. Recently with um, Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. Um, just every, everybody talks about those. I'm going to get off on a sign tangent. Sorry, but everybody talks about those. Oh, we wish we had those guys back. Like, I don't think they Titchens or Wilson are more talented than Jalen Smith or Leighton Vanderest. They're not. No, it's just, they had, they, they had, they had a better guys up front in front of them. They had Chris Jones and they had, um, Pinnell, Mike Pinnell right in front of them. Those are better defensive tackles to hold up blocks. So like, and we, we, we've, we've beaten this, this horse multiple times about how linebackers are so dependent on the defensive line. Um, but yeah, so I don't think, I don't know where, where, what are you thinking on where he can go? You're gonna, yeah. You're going to look at a team that likes a linebacker, maybe a blitzing linebacker team, a team that likes to blitz linebackers. Cause that's what he does. Well, you know, that's what he, he, he goes downhill. You don't want this guy in coverage. You don't want him moving laterally or backwards. You want this guy running downhill. So maybe a team that likes to blitz. He also is very super durable. So maybe a team that's like, no, we need to make sure we get a guy that starts 16 games, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody that's had injury problems and they they know they can plug and play him. And uh, I would bet that a team with a really good defensive line would look for him. Kansas City. Kansas City, great, yeah, uh, great one. The Rams could be one that would look. Ooh, that the Rams would be a good one, yeah. In yes. division, Washington, yeah, would be the, one. I think the Saints might even be one as well. Yeah, the Saints would be a good one. Um, so that he got to get behind a good D line. Oh, he has to. If he can run free, the guy can play. Like as yeah. long as he's not in coverage, if he's running free, just run to the ball, see ball, get ball, and run free, and he could play. But unfortunately, we haven't had the line that's allowed him to do that in the last couple Question. of years. Mm-hmm. Question of the three, which linebacker do you see most likely coming back? Jalen, LVE, or uh, or uh, Neil? That's a difficult question. Because honestly, I'm, I, I, I could see none of them coming back. Very possible. And... I want to say Neil only because only if he can hold up injury wise, if he could play 16 games and he could play pretty good, I could see Neil coming back. Um, I want, I really like LVE. I'm a big LVE fan. If he can play clean, I think he could be really good. If he could just stay healthy. Yeah. If he could just stay healthy, he could be really good. Um, so if he can stay healthy, I would want to bring him back. Um, on a, a, a decent contract, not a, not a, obviously I'm not going to pay him a ton of money, um, but if he can stay healthy, that's the guy I want to come back. Um, but he seems to me like the least likely maybe to come back just because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. I mean, it's not, it's not very, it's rare when a team doesn't pick up a fifth year option and then re-signs the player, you know, I mean, it happens, but like, yeah, he might be the least likely to come back to tell you the truth. And the, but it might be Jalen just because he's already got the contract and they don't want to cut him because for whatever reason, this front office loves Jalen. Steven loves Jalen. 
So it might, it might, I don't, I think there are better odds are that they're all gone, but I think right as we stand right now, the most likely to come back is probably Jalen. I had, I, I think, uh, I weirdly think, I think Jalen's going to get cut uh, to save the money because it's just a cap thing. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. You know how Stephen Jones loves that. And I think what's going to happen is Neil will be the one that re-signs as a linebacker. And I think LVE will get like a, a kind of prove it one year incentive. How many games do you play deal? And I think those two will be back as the third and depth guys now as Cox and Parsons take over the starting jobs. I could definitely see that. Give LVE a Sean Lee type contract. Bingo. Where if, if, if he's willing, of course, if he's willing, like Sean Lee was to where I'm going to give you a short contract and it's going to be incentive lace. I have to hit it's really low base and I have to hit all these marks to get my bonuses. And I love Sean Lee for, for doing that all those years. Um, and you know, he, he left money on the table, uh, you know, and he, I think he left a lot of money on the table going to other teams and even like everybody remembers 2016 where he got a bonus if he played all 16 games and they had already locked up the playoffs and they told him that they wanted him to sit out just to save his body. And he was like, okay. And he missed his bonus because he didn't play, he didn't play 16 games. It was insane that like he was so team oriented, team first. Like, oh man, I, I want him back as a coach so bad. I really do. Like he was just the right, and he was the right kind of guy. As we 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 all have grown to despise that saying. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, yes, so weird. So weird that you we would despise that saying. You're like, oh, that that should be a good saying. All right, let's let's move on a little bit into Jordan Lewis. Now, they have started hinting at a new role for Jordan Lewis, and Jordan Lewis came out and, and hinted at that new role um, for him as himself and what he's going to be doing, kind of playing closer closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, sounds like more in a, a, a zone where he's, stuff is going to develop in front of him. He can kind of look and react instead of having to, to guard people. What do, you, what do you think about this for Jordan Lewis? That is crazy. It, it's it's such a unique because it, it sounds like a safety linebacker, big nickel type thing. Mm -hmm. But we all thought if he went safety, Donovan Wilson's playing at the line and he's going to be a free safety. Yeah. You no. Know? So to hear like, Oh no, I'm going to be the guy up at the line of scrimmage. I'm like, no, no, I want, I want yeah. Wilson up there. Absolutely. Like, that it surprised me. Yeah. And, and I, you know, nobody thinks he's going to take Antonio or Anthony Brown's nickel job because he never does ever any year. So yeah. Unless, unless they're starting a Brown on the outside with digs at first, and then Jordan Lewis is going to be a nickel, but a kind of a box nickel corner. So that's the only thing I can think of it. It, it was, a, it was a weird thing to hear. I, I didn't expect to hear that about Jordan Lewis. Yeah, that was I, I'm 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 right there with you. And uh, Dan has talked about this before on past episodes, where like that's what Jordan Lewis kind of does best. You know, instead of guarding people man to man, he kind of plays his own better. You know, where he can this stuff is developing in front of him, and he can react to it with seeing it instead of running with a man or trailing a man because we all know he doesn't do that well. So it was interesting with like, oh, at first it's like, oh, cool. That's kind of his strength. And he's like, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. And you're like, wait, why? 
you know, like, are you going to be a spy on the running back? Like if, okay. Like you did with Kamara, because I, like you said, you want Donovan Wilson in that spot. You want Donovan Wilson as a safety up a down close to the line of scrimmage. He's, he's that strong safety box safety kind of guy. So it was interesting. I am interested to see it in training camp and throughout preseason, what exactly he means by, by that. Maybe he just doesn't have a good sound understanding of it. That's always possible. It's still very early. Um, they're barely implementing things in OTAs right now. Um, so they're barely getting used to Dan Quinn and what he wants. Um, they've been there for a week. It's like a week. Yeah. With Dan Quinn. So yeah. We'll, we'll find out as it develops more and it might change. It might completely be like, Hey, that's something we thought and we tried out a little bit, but we're not going to implement it. You know? So it, it, it is interesting just trying to find a role for him. Cause like you said, like, I know there was a little bit of an argument on Twitter this last week about him and Anthony Brown, and he's not starting over Anthony Brown. Like you said, like he, he never has, and he won't like, he just, I, I don't want him in he is a slot corner, but I don't want him as my main guy in the slot. I don't want him running with Cole Beasley again. No, it's ugly. It is. It's not good. It's so weird. Like, hey, Jordan Lewis, what's your role? I'm going to play the uh, Keanu Neal and Donovan Wilson role. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> that's that's their role. We don't want that. We're, you know, it's just, it was weird. It was like, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about that. It wasn't. I wanted to hear what you were doing, but that wasn't what I expected or wanted out of this. Please finish that sentence with off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, cause I want, like you said, I want, I want Wilson in that role. And with Neil in that role, I don't want Jordan Lewis in that role. Like, I mean, I know everybody was clamoring for him as a free safety to switch to free safety, but that's not really, that sounds more like a strong safety role. And that's exactly. not, that doesn't suit him. And we have players, like you said, better play players to fill that role. So it'll be interesting how they do it. Um, it, it it's, it's a big question mark where people are going to play right now in the secondary. You brought up possibly Anthony Brown starting on the outside over Kelvin Joseph. And I hope that Kelvin Joseph is ready. I really do. He's got talent, and I hope he's ready because I don't want Brown out there. Um, I, want, I want Joseph out there, and I want Diggs on the other side. And um, – you know, and I want I want Wilson and KZ back there as the as our as our safeties, you know, and it, it'll be interesting. I'm me and Dan were talking about it. it's going to be really interesting how this formation goes with uh, the talk between three, four and four, three and running uh, a four, two, you know, all, all the different mixes that they're, they're going to run. And I'm, I'm interested to see how they line up everybody. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Uh, an ultimate terrifying is we got second year digs outside with Brown and then Jordan Lewis in the slot. That is nightmare. And mm -hmm. Jalen at linebacker. We, so we just can't cover anywhere. Basically we're, we're hurting. Yeah. We're, we could have, Oh man, that would be rough. That would be rough. Our offense would have to be go crazy again. Yeah. It'd be 40 point games again. Just whoever scores the last possession, whoever has the ball is probably going to win. We would get people to finally have to throw on third and seven because our defense could stop the run, but then our yeah. team would just give it up. <laughs> oh, man, that's the most frustrating thing is when your team is bad on third down defense. 
Yeah, and we have a lot of holes uh, in coverage in those scenarios. So yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what what, what Quinn brings to the table, uh, how our secondary can mature, how what KZ brings, um, what you know, how Diggs is getting better, how he develops and gets better from year one to two. Um, and he, he played really well his rookie year, especially in the second half. Um, but we got to see who's going to start on the other side of him. If it is Joseph, no, there's going to be growing pains. No, there's going to be rookie growing pains like there was with Diggs. If it's Brown, no, there's going to be pains. <laughs> so we'll have, we'll have to see it. It, it. it will be interesting. But another big question that we have going into this season is Ezekiel Elliott. And we all know he had his he had his worst year last year. It was the second time in his career that he did not hit a thousand yards. Uh, actually, it's the second time in his career that he didn't even hit 1300. Like he, every other year, he hit 13 besides 2017, which we know he was wrongfully suspended for six games. Yes. Um, this last year, he missed one game. He played 15, but he fell short. He had 979 yards, six TDs, which is also his lowest, his career low. Um, had a career low at r- yards per rush at four, had a career low uh, yards per game at 65.3. He just had a career low. Now, of course, a lot of this could be chalked up to the atrocious offensive line we had out there with how many injuries we had. Like that's got to play a factor. He was, he, he was getting no holes. Um, so my question is uh, you've, Likely seen Zeke's post the posting of Zeke's workouts with the trash cans, um, the Eagles defenders flying at him, and um, that's great. <laughs> uh, and him moving him, 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 him working on his footwork and, and his cuts and jukes and everything like that. He looks slim, he looks slimmer down than he ever has in the offseason. Every offseason, we usually get the fat Zeke stuff because he looks a little bit. I mean, I, I never thought he looked fat, he just looked bigger. Like he's he, yeah. he's 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 a, he's a a broader guy, you know, and um, I never thought he looked fat, but this year he looks slim. He really does. So my question is, what are you expecting out of Zeke? Are you expecting a little bit of it? Are you expecting a big rebound season? Or are you expecting a little bit of a better season? What is your, what is your take on this? I'm expecting Zeke to adapt to what Kellen Moore wants now in his system. This isn't going to be Jason Garrett's type of runs. It's, it's just not going to be that way. So he had to change it up. He's only 25, mm-hmm. so it's very doable. Uh, I'm not stressing over last year. You had an offensive line that our offensive line right now doesn't get much push in the middle. That's not yeah. what Connor and Looney do well. Um, and so they couldn't get a push up the middle. And then the tackles who normally save your butt and Martin all missed time. The tackles missed all the time. Yeah. Adding to that. Every team that we played was like, yeah, these wide receivers are good, but we're going to stop Zeke because they don't have a quarterback to consistently throw it to him with Dak out. Yep. You know, it it just, and he still almost got a thousand yards. Zeke had one issue last year with me. You got to hold the ball. You Uh, can't. Yeah. At the very beginning of the season when, and it was weird because when Dak went out, he stopped fumbling and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put it on Dak. It's a no way Dak's fault. These were Zeke's fault. Like, he was had the ball in his hands and was gone way past Dak and people knocked it out, you know? So he did have a career high in fumbles and it, it was just a weird year. Like, and like he had like 
two or three in one game. And then like, he just, it seemed like a DeMarco Murray year where like, he just kept fumbling, except when he fumbled, he didn't become dominant like Murray did that year. Um, he just had a really strange year. And it, I think a lot of it had to do with the line and then the fumbles are on him, like in the beginning of the year, but he got better as it at it as the year went along. But I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, I, a lot of people it's like, Oh, Zeke's washed. He's not the same running back as he was before. Like the guy's 25. Like you said, he's 25. Like I know he's had a lot of carries, but are, are players just built different? Because Emmett Smith had way more carries. Emmett Smith like got a ton of carries and did it for over 11 years of running a thousand yards, like just continually pounding the ball. Like I, I don't think a 25 year old is washed. I don't think his body's given up. His body's breaking down yet. Yeah. Back. You have to remember back then Emmett Smith was the offense where nowadays it's well, running backs don't matter. Plug in Pollard. Pollard would do better. We don't have to pay him. So people go in looking for, a way to downgrade the running back because of that. And so Zeke has an off year. He has a lot of uh, stuff around him. That's a problem. And then he fumbles. Mm -hmm. So that, that adds to it. Like if you take away his fumbles, people would be like, well, I mean, shit, he had nothing around him. What do you want? But you had one of those years and you fumbled a bunch. So people jumped on it. I think he's going to be fine. I think it's going to trip people out the, the different uh, style of the running game this year as they Kellen Moore told him what he wanted. That's why he transformed his body a little bit, slimmed down. It's going to be a different style. Uh, the team isn't really built. Even Zach Martin's not a big push up the middle guy. He's a, mm-hmm. a maneuver, a fast guy, a, a open a hole guy. He's not a um, halfback dive. We're going to move you back three yards. So yeah. Kellen Moore is going to spread out with the Jarwins and the lambs and everything and open up lanes and let you, you know, maneuver your way through for four or five yards before you're touched instead of trying to get people pushed back. So that's why he changed his body. It's not about how many hits you could take uh, up the middle between the guard and the, and the center, you know, it's going to be a more of get outside and, and, and make some moves on the outside and, and get yards type of run game. So I'm, I'm excited to see him in it. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm completely right there with you. And I'm excited, and you mentioned this, I'm just super excited to see this offense with Moore at control. And I know it, it, that might sound weird because Moore's been there for two years, but you got to remember two years ago in 2019, he had the number one offense in the NFL as a first-time play caller. First time. And he made mistakes. He had some lulls. He had some bad calls and bad situations, but he's a rookie play caller. It, 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 he, it, he was barely even worked up to it. Like he was coaching for like one or two years before that. Like he was, he was a player two years ago and then he's a call, a play caller in the NFL in two years. Like, so he's learning. And then last year you got to see some special stuff with him and Dak, but that was with Lael and Tyrone out and, and Looney got injured early and, you know, they had horrible offensive line play. So you had, and then Dak went out. And so he was, had Dalton and Danucci and Gilbert. And so, you know, he's learning, but he had all these restrictions. Now, again, now his third year, another off season to learn another off a season under his belt of figuring out, okay, I had to, you know, change everything because of all these injuries. And now we get Dak back, you know, now we get the offensive line back. 
CD Lamb is not a rookie anymore. You know, um, Gallup's in a contract year. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to what Moore can do because this isn't the. Be- I don't think we've seen the best of Kellen Moore. You don't. You're not at your best in your first and second year, especially when your second year's injury riddled where you don't have your quarterback. Moore, he's only going to get better. Oh yeah, his his red zone isn't even top half of the league yet. Yeah. So, you know, and that normally is where you need the most experience with how to, cause the, the field shortens. So that third year is as he gets stuff like that going, it's going to jump this offense so much as he learns how to put it in the end zone inside the 20. Now that's going to be a big thing for them this year. And I, I think they're going to be good at it. Just stay healthy. That that's a big key. Yeah. And I I've said this before, like a lot of the red zone struggles last year, a lot of it, it wasn't the weapons we had. It was the offensive line we had. I don't know how many times we'd get into the red zone and then we'd have a, a false start or a holding or a sack that would just kill us and we'd end up kicking a field goal. It happened on so much. It always happened on the first drive too. Everybody knows we, we led the league in field goals on the first drive of the, se- uh, uh, the, first drive of the game for the se- season. We didn't score a touchdown on the first drive all year. Like it, our offensive line broke down in the red zone because it got tighter. They're, they're, they're rushing. They know that they, the, the defense line is pushing to cut to the quarterback more. Um, but if, if you look at the stats, uh, look at Dak's stats from last year, just sorry, bring it up is so for the first three years, Dak had six rushing touchdowns, right? And then in 2019, it was the first year of more calling plays. He only had three. And then so Moore didn't use him in the red zone as much. But then in 2020, Dak played five games. He had three rushing touchdowns. So he matched his 2018. So Moore was figuring out, look, Dak is probably the best red zone weapon in the NFL. I need to use him more. And he was using him a lot more last year until that got hurt. And I see that as continuing into 2021 just because Dak is such a threat with throwing the ball and running the ball. I mean, he he's dynamic in the red zone. So I, I'm really excited to see what more has in store for him. Don't underestimate Jarwin either. We've never seen Jarwin as Ooh. a big guy with reach going over the middle, uh, uh, that type of player with, with Dak, that type of tight end. So it'll be interesting to see because, because that would be where I would try to get him. Like you, mm-hmm. we're gonna play action and try to get you right by the linebackers. You're a big, tall dude with good hands, mm-hmm. and we'll throw it up between the linebacker and safety, and you just go get it. So that that's a red zone staple for almost every team. Darwin is the the forgotten man of this offense, and he wasn't last year. Going into last year, he was kind of hyped up. Everybody thought, hey, he's gonna have a really good year. And unfortunately, we lost him in the very first game, the very first drive. And then Schultz came in and Schultz filled in admirably. Schultz played great, surprised me. I was completely surprised because I wasn't a big Schultz believer. And he actually played really, really well. And so Jarwin has kind of, and then the pits talk. We all know, we all know the Kyle pits talk throughout the draft. So Jarwin kind of became that forgotten man, right? I love Jarwin. I think Jarwin has the potential to be a top. 10 top five tight end in this league because he's big. He can catch. He has, he has a wingspan and the guy can run 
for his size. I don't know how many times that guy has caught a little five yard out and turned it upfield and he's gone for 20 yards. Like he does it all the time in his limited opportunities, very limited because Jason Witten never came off the field. So like the guy made plays. I mean, go look in his limited opportunities. Just go look at a Jarwin highlight. There's tons of them because the guy makes plays when the ball's in his hand. So I'm actually really excited. And it's funny trying to talk to non-Cowboys fans and I bring up Jarwin as a weapon. And they're like, who's that guy? I'm not, I'm not worried about that guy because they don't see him. You know, they haven't seen yeah. him, which is, yeah, which is good. But I'm with you right there. I think Jarwin is a legitimate threat in this offense. And Dak likes him. We know that. Yep. Get him in there. Get him a good seven TD catches. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Put the ball in the end zone. That's what he should be there for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go to, let's, we've been talking about Dak and, and the offense and everything like that. Let's, let's talk about Dak. Let's talk about Dak. And Dak is back in OTAs. There are rumors going around Twitter that Dak has been working in his backfield. I mean, backfield, his backyard where he has a field. He built his own field in his backyard with teammates. Dak has said that his work in the offseason with his teammates, while other teams or like players are not showing up because of the, the, the options of not, being, not having to show up because of COVID still, um, the Cowboys have been pretty much 100% during their OTAs. Um, Dak has mentioned like, hey, this is giving us an advantage. Um, Dak is looking really good. He's been mobile in OTAs. He's been throwing on the run. And then Dak came out and said that if he had to play next week, he would play. What are your what are your thoughts on this? Do you think he's ready, or is that just kind of player talk? Or like, where do you think Dak's at right now? I think he could play. I think the worry, of course, would be could he take hits. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, hey, could I go out and my offensive line does its job, my receivers do their job, and and we execute? Could I execute the offense? Yes. But I think it might be a little different if it was like, okay, but what if, you know, Shaq Barrett and them are killing our offensive line, then would you be able to play? Then it would be like, well, I don't want to, you know, can't take that many hits at this point, you know, at the leg or have people diving at the leg stuff. So yeah, it's always a worry when those guys start falling towards your feet and your legs, you know, exactly. I think it's a little semantics, you Mm -hmm. know, I could play, but could you finish a game? Eh, pretty questionable. But by the time the season rolls around, I think he'll play. Like, I think he'll play in the preseason and, and he'll be ready to go. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, I think, you know, he's going to be limited when we start training camp at, uh, at first. You know, he's, they're going to ease him in. Of course, it's just smart. It's just smart. You don't need to throw them out there. You don't need to throw them out there in the Hall of Fame game. You probably don't even need to throw them out there in the first two preseason games. You know, let him get one preseason game, just kind of warm up, maybe a quarter, you know, and then and then he's good to go. You know, um, I'm encouraged that he is running out. He's throwing the ball well. I'm encouraged that he's doing throws on the run. That's very encouraging that he's not just, you know, just standing there, just throwing it, standing still it's very encouraging that he's taking, he's taking snaps and he's rolling out and he's throwing like that shows that his ankle's healthy and it's not about to fall off and he's not going to get cut later next month. So I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged by, by Dak's recovery and the guy seems determined. He really does. 
he seems determined as anybody I've ever seen. His leadership's incredible. I mean, he's got everybody there. Who do you think has everybody there and had people at his house and had, you know, the reason we have such a high thing, I'm sorry, it's not Coach Mike McCarthy in them. It, yeah. it is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's the leader. He's there and he's like, let's get to work. Everybody follows. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, they've said it since day one when he took over for Roma in 2016, like he won that locker room and he became the leader. Des Bryant said it that year, like, hey, this guy's our leader. Like, <laughs> this guy has to, and he, he's just got those qualities. He's just that kind of player and that kind of leader. And you see these guys, probably, the, the biggest, the, if you didn't believe Dak was the ultimate leader and everybody cared about this guy, look at how the reaction of the team when he went down. Oh. Look at how every single player left the sidelines to come over to him and, and you know, give him words of encouragement. You know, every single player, a lot of the Giants players. Yeah, both teams. Jason, Jason Garrett came over, you know, just like it, it, it was an incredible scene because not every player gets stuff like that. You no, know, Earl Thomas was burdened people on the way. out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the, the guy just has something about him that people flock to and he, he leads them and he does well. And um, that's my quarterback, man. <laughs> Yeah, you lock up comeback player of the year. Question is, will he win the MVP? No, yeah, I don't see, honestly, unless something crazy happens or like he, knock on wood, he he get he gets injured again or something like that. Like, I just don't know how anybody's gonna compete with him for comeback player of the year. Kind of like, I don't want to say it was like Alex Smith. Alex Smith's obviously a a way more crazy traumatic injury, and he had to battle back way like insanely more. Um, but no, like I, I just think he, the numbers he's about to put up. Yeah. I think you can lock him in for comeback play of the year. Really? He, he, he's about to, he's about to ascend to some crazy numbers in my opinion. I, I, we talked about this. Uh, I talked about this with Dan. I, I see him surpassing 5,000 yards. With the extra game, especially. Oh yeah. With the extra game. I didn't even, I didn't even factor that in with the extra game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 40, 45 total touchdowns, 35 through the air, six, seven on the ground. Yeah, he's he's gonna have a big year. Oh yeah. So um that's kind of all I have. Mike, do you have any anything else that you want to talk about before we uh we call it a night? Mm, let me go through in my head. Da, 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 rookies. You guys talked about Quinn Bohanna last time. Oh yeah. It's my boy, best, oh, yeah. best player pick of the draft. I love I, it. I told, I said it last week. I think he is the key to the defense. And it's weird for a rookie that late to be like to say that for a rookie that late, but he is the key to a defense because of the position he plays. Yeah. Just get him, man. Just get him to, to we, we've, me and my brother talk about this all the time. Get him to around 20 total overall defense and get in the top 20 in turnovers. And with our offense, we mm -hmm. got a shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I'm on board with you there. Well, that's, that's, man, that's a perfect way to end it, man. Talking that about is. on top. That's right, man. Back where we belong. So that will do it for the show. We appreciate everybody listening. Uh, Mike, uh, give out your handles on, uh, on uh, Twitter for anybody who is listening that doesn't already follow you. 
at CD Piglet and at ATB Cowboys Podcast. Yep. And me, Massey, you can find me on Twitter at the J.A. Massey. Massey's M-A-S-S-E-Y. We appreciate you listening. Uh, I will be out next week. Dan will be filling in and maybe Mike as well. We'll see what happens. And uh, maybe, maybe Well, we'll see what happens and uh, hope you guys listened in. Have a good one, everybody.